to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Helley. And... Tyler Hamilton. Whoa, that was a slow one. I was trying to yeah, think of his alter ego. I was just, uh, uh, slash McGurk. That's what I was trying. That's what I was trying to pull. Okay, okay. You're like my name. My name is. Uh, um, uh, oh, I know um, this one. I know name it. Name is. Uh, well, anyways, man, time has flown for this one here. We are already on the last episode of the Naked Gun series, um, and man. We just uh, want to say thank you uh, for listening to all our new listeners yes. every week. If you want to go back and listen to all of our episodes, they are at SequelRights.com. If you want to see a mouse learn about Manifest Destiny, go watch our American Tales series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn about a child who has problems, go watch <laughs> Problem Child. Yes, go watch them. Yes. Yeah. With your eyes. Yeah. And then listen <laughs> and with then your listen. ears. <laughs> listen, they actually, it's really funny on the earlier episodes, if you listen to them uh, while watching the actual movie, they sync up. What? It's true. Try that, that it. It's not true. <laughs> do not do it. They're all commentaries. They're Every all commentaries. Every watch yep. is only 53 minutes. Yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, we need your feedback and suggestions for future series. So please yes. email us about anything at sequelrights at gmail.com. And you can always reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at sequelrights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Uh... If you're a faithful listener, if you're a brand new listener, we really appreciate you rating, reviewing us on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, five stars is what we deserve and what we want. Or if you just want to, like, give us five stars and type out the menu at the, the Chinese restaurant across the street, do it. And we we'll will order it. it and send it to, to your house. We're collecting the reviews, and we are going to read them yeah. live. Yes. Yeah. And then Live it. to tape. <laughs> yeah. Live to tape. Uh, anyways, like we said, end oh, groveling. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> this is the uh, final insult, the final episode of the Naked Gun, where we talk about Naked Gun thirty three and a third, the final, final insult. insult. 1994. 1994. Um, let's see what nineteen ninety four looked like as we watch the trailer. When law-abiding citizens are forced to live in fear, we look for protection to one man. (laughs) Lieutenant Frank Drebin is back. This time, he's going undercover in the big house. Where's your prison number? It's unlisted. And playing the deadliest game of all. But police squad desperately needs him back because a mad bomber is about to blow up Hollywood's biggest bash. And if anyone can stop him, so can Frank. Hold on. Sergeant Frank Brevin, Detective Lieutenant Police Squad. Yeah, and I'm Robert De Niro. Mr. De Niro, we've got to get inside. That was 1994. That's exactly how I remember it. 1994? Yeah. yeah. Everyone was taller in 1994. (laughs) To me. Because I was a kid. (laughs) So, I don't know. You can explain it to me. The title of this movie is supposed to be some kind of vinyl joke. Well, yeah. So, originally... um, So, you know, record spin at uh, 33 RPM. Mm -hmm. 33 and a third. Uh, So, originally, they were going to call it... uh, The original title was Naked Gun 33 and a third, um, Just for the Record. (laughs) <laughs> and the studio was like, you guys, no one's going to get your dumb joke. Like, they're not going to People are buying CDs. It's 1994. <laughs> That's right. So they changed it to the final insult. And uh, the poster says that there's mostly all new jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and there are some, a lot of recycled jokes were. from, yep, uh, from yep, the TV show. Yep, yep, yep. Two of my favorite jokes in the TV show, actually. Uh, the uh, cigarette. Yes, yeah. yes, it yep. is. Yep. And the uh, where do you think this chemical came from? Well, millions of years ago, <laughs> the <laughs> Earth was formed. The police squad scientist is yes. one of my favorite guys. <laughs> the lab guy. So we've got the same writing team, but a new director. Right? I will say, just up top, that this is the only franchise that we've had that has kept all of the mains through every every movie. They're yep. all everybody stays the same. Oh, by the way, I'd just like to state for the record that Justin corrected me and said that the same guy did not direct Ghost, and he totally did. 
No, it's his brother. No, it's his brother, yeah. No, I looked it up. It's the same. I don't think so, man. Okay. We'll find out. We're going <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> just for the record. Yeah, 33 and third. Anyway, uh, so yeah, there's a new director. Uh, Same director, Peter Seagal, who did like Tommy Boy and uh, you're, Get smart. you're. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, yeah. like he's he's the he's newest, a he's a prominent newest, yeah. uh, uh, comedy director, but like he did a lot of those uh, uh, Farley Spade movies, I believe. Cool. Pretty sure. Okay, so we've got an opening sequence it's a quadruple battleship potemkin yes it's awesome (laughs) no it is the untouchables it is the best opening sequence of any of these movies because i thought the opening sequence of the other movies were like the first one like he he's like it's like it's a like an axis new axis of evil where he infiltrates and beats them up the second one was the like state dinner at the the white house with the bushes and the nuclear scientists Mm -hmm. and this one is a very set PC and B as a film nerd, you're right. It's the Battleship Potemkin, yes. and I, I I find it hilarious. Yeah, they also spoof that in fi- one of the Fibles. I remember. Uh-huh, here, yeah. uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so if you don't know, what we're talking about basically oh, yeah. uh, they're seeking out a made fun of in other things a, yeah. a train station, and there's these stairs, and then there's a woman who has a, a carriage, uh, a, a, a prow, a prow, carriage, yeah, a pram, uh, pram. Prow. Prow's a part of a boat. Uh, and and so Frank Drebin starts carrying it up the stairs, and then there's one with two, and Norberg has to help her with the with the two babies. And then the chief is at the top, and he has to help a woman down, and then basically the entire crew from the Untouchables and Al Capone come walking down, and a giant firefight starts. Justin and shaking Bill Clinton his head. Comes Bill and Clinton the and the Pope. Yeah. I don't know why, but like I was not into the start what? of this movie. <laughs> I uh, I like the start of this movie more than I like the most of the rest of this movie. Oh, I feel the exact opposite. Uh-huh. Um, I I this the first like third of this movie, I was just like, wow, the the quality drop. The magic is, like, is gone. Yeah, the quality drop is like large. Some, <laughs> some of some know. of the music is unforgivable. And it's still Ira Newborn, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like maybe they didn't have the same budget to do like a bigger orchestra or something. But the beginning, like, I don't know. I just, the, all the jokes seem like more obvious to me. Uh-huh. And the only thing that I kind of laughed at was uh, like O.J. Simpson catching the babies in the background. Right. <laughs> like he was playing football. But... How many How many years until he murdered somebody? <laughs> Zero years. Zero years. Yeah, I I, I went and got all these dates because I knew this was going to come up. So the movie came out on March nineteenth, nineteen ninety four, and Nicole Brown Simpson and what was his name? Ron Goldman. Goldman, Sorry, Uh, uh, they died on June twelfth, nineteen ninety (gasps) four, and the trial began uh, in January nineteen ninety five and went until October nineteen ninety five. So yeah, the movie was probably still in theaters when they died. Yeah, that's really messed up. That's yeah, it's Jesus. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I mean, it's horrible, you know, because people died. But also, like, I thought he was pretty good in this movie. So then I felt like he's he's phoning (laughs) it in. But like, I just think his like I'm so dumb face is really good. He was good enough to receive the Golden Raspberry Award for worst supporting actor. Yeah, but they just they just did that because of the murder, though. Like, the, yeah. I don't think that it's really my 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 favorite. One of my favorite jokes in this movie is where uh, the chief holds up a puzzle of the Eiffel Tower and he's like, Norberg, yes. put it together. That was, my, <laughs> that was one of my favorite jokes as well, because um, Norberg's just like getting in the way by being so stupid. Yeah. And so he's just like, take this puzzle. Um, it was funny. At the beginning of this movie, I felt like there there's like three scenes in a row where it's like. Maybe it'd be funny if there's babies in this scene. Yeah, which I kind of was just like, I don't know why that that rubbed me wrong. Like, well, because it's, it's like the rampant it's, the, it's the rampant sexism is what is what it is. Yeah, 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 I guess you didn't get that's why they were doing it. Putting no, they're, baby they're, in every scene. No, in the trial scene. That's why. Well, was like I, obviously, babies. but I just oh. didn't think it was funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, it, I don't know. I, I was just like, you know, there's babies in the opening, and then like in the grocery store. He's like accidentally using someone else's uh, shopping cart that has a baby, baby in it. Yeah, and then in the very next scene, it's like baby. Everyone has a baby. There's there. a lot of babies. Yeah, you're right. The babies go away after. Yeah, the after. director. 
And that's just a factor. But I get- <laughs> the director had, had recently had a baby, and it played one of the babies in the movie. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So, and I get that, like you know, that uh, you know, Frank and Jane not being able to have a baby is like a plot point, but yeah. I just didn't think it was funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I didn't like the beginning of this film, and I felt like uh, it finally picked up for me when um, he. Uh, Frank Drebin eventually has to like infiltrate Statesville prison, which is right. like the, the uh, infamous prison from the TV show where they sent all the prisoners. Uh-huh. Well, and every TV show. Yeah. Well, they called it Statesville prison in the, um, in, in the police squad. squad. Yeah. Saying. But like also like every TV show has like a Statesville prison, like sure. the Simpsons and like whatever else. Sure, yeah. Sure, like, sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's funny because like the, so the last film, what I liked about it was kind of the relationship stuff between, um, Frank and Jane and how he's trying to win her back. Right. And then the, the start of this movie kind of focuses on their relationship now that they're married. And for whatever for reason... For six months. <laughs> yeah. They've been married, they've married for six months. For six months. <laughs> but for whatever reason, like, that relationship stuff didn't play the same for me. Like, no. It's... Also, she went to law school and became a lawyer. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I don't, At some point. I don't, yeah, so I don't know why it was, but I just felt like the start of this movie, the way the lines were being delivered, and maybe it was just, like, the writing... Uh, it all felt a little tired and like a little bit like everyone was like, okay, let's do another. Well, one. no, there's there's sitcom jokes because I mean the the like it's it's basically their relationship up plays out as if the episode where the mom and the dad have to switch roles because like Frank's retired and he's he's working from home, like, you know he's he's the homebody and she's working and his bros from his yeah. job are judging like, him like, for making cupcakes. You're absolutely right. Like it is, it the writing is super weak and they're not strong jokes they're like they're playing off of stereotypes that are lazy to begin with yeah so like you know if you guys some of you guys didn't think this the second one was as funny and it was you know it could have been because like the main core group that wrote the first movie david uh jerry and jim uh you know when it came to the second movie it was only david and pat proft writing right and then the third one again was david and pat um and then also robert lokash Low cash. So it's like you know they're probably running out of you know you know who you, you know who you go to when you don't have a big budget for jokes. Uh. Low cash. <laughs> or me. Or me. <laughs> I'm for free. Uh, I would say that overall, like it's it's weird because I almost have to put this movie and the second one like on the same level in that the second movie was I was just kind of like okay okay like the whole time like very like medium level whereas this movie i was like okay the beginning scene i liked and then like the first the the next like two-thirds i was like this sucks and then the end when they finally got to the academy awards i was like this is awesome because i think those are the jokes that i think are more funny than Mm -hmm. all the other stuff because they're like entertainment industry things and so that was like funny for me and like movies and celebrities and stuff like that's a lot more funny to me than any of the other stuff so in a weird way like balances out yeah. I think I liked a lot of the uh, when when it becomes a parody of a prison movie. Yeah. I think that a lot of that those jokes were really funny to me, uh, but not as good as Paddington Two. No, <laughs> nothing's as good as Paddington Two. And if you guys want to talk about Paddington Two, I'm all about it. No, <laughs> we've banned all bear talk on this podcast. <laughs> Any bear named Paddington, at least. Uh, we were talking about the prison. We were talking about the prison. There's, a, uh, there's some solid Shawshank jokes. There's yeah. uh, this is where he takes on uh, Frank Drebin goes undercover after Jane leaves him to go on a Thumb and Louise parody uh, road trip, which lasts about five minutes. It's like still, I mean, it's her still, vacation. It's like, still, it's still. I don't mean the scene lasts long. I mean like she doesn't leave for very long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love the. She goes on the road trip with her uh, with her friend, and they they're like you got everything packed and you see the car and it has like a million things everything like, on tied it yeah. to the back <laughs> and then like it pays off later as they're like in this argument she's in this argument with somebody out in the it's a scene from Thelma Louise where she kills the guy yeah. so like they're outside the truck stop yeah the truck stop and in the background you can see everyone like dismantling the stuff on their car yeah. and like taking everything away <laughs> which was kind of funny but... yeah uh, so yeah, there's a lot of like great escape, like the, like there's a like there the whole second act of the movie is like a short film that's just parroting prison movies. There's a drop the soap joke that's not played well. That was weird. Um, 
Yeah. So in the past two movies, we've talked about how they had gay jokes that were kind of just like, okay, yeah, you know, it's funny how much we're not freaking out about the fact that whoever there was is gay. There was whatever. one of those in here where there was just like, what about the two young guys that, that you replace us? Like that, this guy and this guy, like they're in Hawaii together yeah but he was so <laughs> sad about it that it was like whereas in the first one like uh frank jebron was just like oh yeah that one guy who has male roommates whereas this one when what's the guy's name kennedy um george kennedy george kennedy Ed he Hawkins. looked so like sad and grossed out when he said that the two guys were in hawaii together like it was very judgy you know but, like, but then frank jebron was like that's like he was just like fine like they whatever uh, they yeah, do yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i but other than that all the other times that there was like gay jokes in this movie I felt like fell totally flat to me and were not clever and were not like uh they were not um you know like oh wow I'm surprised how well they're you know doing it and- I, I I agree that there's not a lot of wit in this movie there's not a lot of of cleverness like sometimes it comes across as as mean-spirited or sometimes mm-hmm. it just comes yeah. across as and and that's actually when that seems like a joke that might have missed a lot of it just comes across as lazy stereotypes that are just like if you if your friend made this joke you'd be like you're dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's like just, yeah. Go ahead. You're uh, ignorant. I was gonna say like a part that I really thought was not funny at all um, was uh, there's like parts of it that are funny, but he ha- uh, Frank Drebin has to go um, oh. try and get this uh, address of um, Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith's character, and he goes to what turns out to be a sperm bank. Yep. And he gets like kind of tricked into giving. Sp- you know, sperm doni- donations like three times. Something that okay, go ahead. And I'm just saying, like every time he goes in the room, they close the door, and then it's just like they play these stupid like horse noises and yeah. stuff. Well, just like I was like, that's not. It's not. All right, fun. so I, so I have, I have like, two <laughs> things. Like this, this scene brings up like everything that's great and terrible about this movie. Right? Yeah. Okay, so in that same scene, every piece of art in this sperm clinic is. Bottles of champagne being opened, yeah. rockets lifting <laughs> off, and like subtle visual gags right. that like that like every scene that you see it like pay off and, and are wonderful. Um, but at the same, but but they're also kind of shittily framed, and it's in this pink Beverly Hills office, and it's kind of like eh, it's a little bit tacky. They wear on a little bit too long. There's a bit where she offers to give the, one of the nurses like, "Do you need an adult like DVD?" Yeah, and one of the jokes he makes is, "Do you have Do you have Spartacus?" Which is funny yeah. but it was funny when it that same joke was made in airplane yeah and about it and that joke is the same joke that these movies have been making for at this point 30 years yeah and he like and so it's like a bunch of other serious films yeah like, like i thought yeah. it was funny when he said like dances with wolves and and yeah. whatever else he said but then like they they took it like too far where it wasn't funny right. anymore because she gives him an actual porn and then he comes out being like wow that was great you know it's like well okay it would have been funnier if he had just been like oh no dances with wolves oh well you know like or, I don't know yeah, yeah and then like there's also a scene in that same uh, one where he's like flipping through the files and there's all these really obvious like. It's like where Jimmy Hoffa was buried, uh, yeah. and all these Heidi Fleiss with celebrities, yeah, these yeah. stupid like file folder names that I'm just like, little, yeah. There's no, there's no, there's no wit to it. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not even a psych gag. It's right. just like, hey, remember this? It's like I'm, it's like you know, I'm missing the kind of like wordplay things about the boxers and all that yeah. stuff. Yep. In the previous films, um, and that's what I was feeling. Uh, you know, once once he starts to get into the actual case and out of the like. My marriage sucks, kind of thing. Right. Uh, then it, it's like, okay, now we're back to like what these movies should be. Yeah. In my opinion, it feels uh, lazy. Yeah. But I like the prison stuff. There's a really fun prison riot scene. Yes. Where we get a little cameo from recently deceased. Um, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his name right. Arlie Ermy. Ermy. I don't know the guy. Who, the guy from. Uh, um, 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 you know, he just died. He's the drill sergeant guy. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah, yes, full metal yeah, jacket. yeah. He's I'm awesome. Like, I'm blanking on the movie. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, an yeah, idiot. Yeah, yeah. I'm an idiot. yeah, yeah. Yes, the drill uh, sergeant. Yes. Yeah, he's he plays like a prison guard for two seconds. Uh, and yeah, and this... this um, 
I feel like some of the set pieces are, are bigger in this movie. Like this prison riot, there's a lot of people rioting, and there's and, like, like, and there's just dummies being yeah. thrown up against the wall. There's a guy, there's guys <laughs> swinging from like a chandelier. I I loved I loved the bit where it was just like two prisoners just like fighting each other and then ripping clothes off each other, yeah. and then there's sumo oh, wrestlers. I hated that one. Well, there yeah, and then uh, Fred Ward who plays the main bad guy. Yeah, uh, he also like puts a guard into a headlock and then he turns into a mannequin and he like twists his head off and pulls it off. That was gross. I mean, I don't know. That kind of stuff yeah. was like, okay, I mean, well, and they, and they do, they do like a little Shawshank parody. Like there's, there's definitely a lot more straight up movie parodies or, or there's a lot more straight up movie parodies that I recognize in this one. Yeah. Mm. Cause there's possible that there's some of them that were that, that I just did not get. Cause there's right. Jurassic park. There's a Shawshank redemption. There's what uh, Thelma and Louise. The Jurassic Park one was dumb. It's very bad. That I didn't like either. Oh, there's a Gandhi one. Yeah. The, no, the the Mother Teresa the musical thing I thought was really. Funny. No, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, like so, but so, like I said, the whole prison thing, everything other than the opening sequence, I was like, this sucks. It's so much worse. Until they like finally get to the Oscars, and then I was like, oh, there's the shrine, which I obviously know because it's across the street from USC, and mm-hmm. they, of course they made fun of like you know LA burning up from the riots or whatever. <laughs> that's like, right. Oh, that's another easy <laughs> that was one. that was funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, up oh, LA's on Live fire. From it's Los a little Angeles. bit outdated. That's I think that's why I was. LA was on fire. All of last year. <laughs> no, no. That's true. Like, I understand it was a riot choke, but it was also a wildfire. Like, some of the hillside was on fire, too. I think it was all, uh, like... I mean, there's there's a, there's a weird there's a weird Rodney King joke. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a there's an L.A. Public Schools or Armed to the Teeth yeah, joke. That yeah, that was rough. That was messed up. That was messed <laughs> there's up. a Raiders joke. Yeah, it's that good. was too easy. The Raiders joke, yeah. Yeah, the Raiders joke. The Raiders <laughs> joke is just quality joke telling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, just, a, it's that's not even a, a joke. It's the truth. Yeah, that's, that's a Jay Leno joke <laughs> at the time. Oh yeah. Um. So we get to the Oscars and we finally get Weird Al again. So he's like... I was so happy to see Weird Al again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess so him and the guy who plays Pap Schmier are the only people that are in all three movies and are not, you know, principals. Right. Uh-huh. So... Cool. Yeah, I mean, getting back to that, uh, the first discussion that we were having of, like, it's insane that every, like, the, the romantic lead, the main character, all yeah. the supporting people are in for all of these movies. I was totally expecting it not to be uh, Priscilla Presley again. Yeah, especially when you see that Anna Nicole Smith is in it, you right. expect that it's going to yeah, be Yeah, like, her. not yeah. Priscilla Presley, not uh, the science guy from Police Squad, not right. the chief. Like yeah. He was looking real old in this one, too. I, I was yeah. like, oh, man, like... They're all Him and Leslie old. Nielsen are looking yeah. old yeah, in this yeah, one. Yeah. Well, there's a scene where Leslie Nielsen has to uh, kiss the mom, who's like the Ugh. Goonies mom of of the, the, bad ma- guy. the main bad guy. Yeah. And it's like, this is like an age-appropriate kiss. That's, <laughs> yeah. Like she takes they're her dentures. They're it off like it's gross. Yeah, 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 they're playing it off like it's gross. Like she takes her dentures out, and it's like, no, like that's who you should be kissing. Yeah. <laughs> that, scene, that scene that you're talking about uh, contained one of the moments, one of the few moments where I laughed out loud okay during this um it's when uh, anna nicole smith's character comes down oh. the stairs and they're like whoa like she's wearing like a swimsuit and yeah. they're like they do the they do the classic like panning up yeah, of her legs yeah oh and yeah, then, yeah. And they're like they're like <laughs> slowly panning up her legs and they're like still going and you see one set of knees and then it keeps going <laughs> and then there's like another set of knees and it goes for like 20 and, like, seconds and they're impossibly thin but like it does a good <laughs> yeah. job of being like up oh, like we're i was like is this somewhere? a barbie are they gonna go up and it's gonna be like a barbie or something yeah and then it just cuts to her and she looks normal yeah <laughs> yeah that was, was yeah that was hilarious that was like this is great i, I like that yeah um and oh so weird al he goes to the oscars with vanna white which i thought was very, like the two of them together was funny because they come back like two or three more times like, uh-huh. and yeah it's just super funny i don't know i love that there's the, yeah there's some decent cameos in this movie. a lot of cameos yeah uh, that's where they spent all the money the oscars yeah. um I know we talked about like the bigger scale shots, but yeah, there's a lot of like reaction of the crowd, but uh-huh. like they have all the celebrities in that crowd when they do it. Like they made the celebrity cameo people stay there to do all these reaction shots. Uh-huh. Did you guys so. see in the credits that uh, one of the Oscar audience of members is Paul Feig? Yeah. I did That's awesome. That. <laughs> I, I did like, not what? see that. That's so crazy. Um, but oh, uh, another go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say that we should say uh, just in case you haven't seen the movie, the reason that we're at the Oscars is that the main villain uh, 
is targeting uh, the Oscars for a big like bomb yeah. that he's going to set off, and he has hidden one the bomb inside one of the uh, envelopes. envelopes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's this whole part where they're trying to dupe the accountant and distract right. him. Right, and the, and they like, and they make this guy seem like 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 that he's like super serious. Like Anna Nicole Smith is like trying to like seduce him, and I do, and they make it like it's so funny after the whole fuck up last yeah, year. It's so, yeah, it's so it's oddly prescient. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. like they're, no but they're but they're making knowing. him seem like this guy's no fucking nonsense. Yeah, and then so like she's the point like basically stripping and has like she's nipple got, like, tassels, tassels on, and, yeah. uh, and then she finds some bubble wrap, and then he's just like, oh fuck, like, <laughs> <laughs> the and, bubble wrap. Yeah, like, like I need to pop those yeah. bubbles. <laughs> Um, so another really joke that I really loved in this part of the movie was when, um, Frank and Jane are running up to different cabs trying to get them to use their radio to, uh, call the police. And the first one, the guy's just like, it's like an Indian guy or something. He doesn't speak English. I believe it's Greek. Yeah. Oh, the first guy's Greek. And he starts like just yelling and they're like, "Ah." so they just go to the next cab and it's like an African guy yelling in some other language. They're like, "Ah." and so they go to the third cab. It's another guy who is like, you know, brown. I don't know what kind of ethnicity he was. And they're like. Oh, never mind, forget it. And they just run away before he says anything. And then he just goes like, "I wonder what the devil he wanted." And I was like, "Okay, that was and like that a one clearly was over really yeah, funny." Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, because like the first two cabs, I was like, "Oh, this is dumb." Like a joke about how people don't speak English. And so then I was happy that the third one was making fun of that fact of racist white people. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did. I also did like these fake movies that the <laughs> the, best the fake movies are, are were great. In. Because um, it it really they really are making fun of this trope, which has only continued that every like best actress nomination is like this woman going through X played like, played on against the play, Y, yeah, set against yeah. the backdrop yeah. of uh, my, the my, Hindenburg. My, my, my favorite one <laughs> is Sh- Shannon Doherty. Yeah. What was the what was the title of Shannon? Shannon Do- Do- I don't know, I didn't write the titles, but uh, I wrote that Shannon Doherty, Doherty is a woman overcoming a yeast <laughs> infection uh, against, against the, the backdrop. backdrop. Of, of Buffalo Bills. Of the 1991 yeah. Buffalo Bills season. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary Lou Retton was uh, a woman overcoming the death of her cat against the background of the Hindenburg. Um, Morgan Fairchild was overcoming bulimia while traveling with a daughter <laughs> <Utter> party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest one. Yeah, Yeah, that is a pitch dark joke. Florence Henderson, like you can't hear because they're they're talking during it. And then Courtney Cox is also nominated, but they don't say Uh what she was nominated for. But um, Mary Lou Retton ends up winning. And then she does like a whole gymnastics routine (laughs) like down the aisle. And I was like, that's really exciting because she probably really did it. Like it looked like it was her. Yeah, Yeah. I love like how down Mary Lou Retton is because she's this. She's in this. She's in Scrooge. Like just like like yeah, like awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, and then Raquel Welch has an entire, like, she hadn't been in a movie for 13 years, and of course she still looks the same, just like she looks yeah. right now. She never ages. and uh, but <laughs> She drinks the blood of the innocent. Yeah. Who doesn't? Why not? Uh, <laughs> but there's this whole thing where Leslie Nielsen pretends to be Phil Donahue to present with her, and you're like, oh my god, he really does look, look like, like Phil, Phil Donahue. Donahue. <laughs> like, as soon as he like just puts on these wireframe glasses, you're like... Well, (laughs) it's hilarious and it totally makes sense. And then, yeah, hijinks ensue and he ruins the musical number. And it was great because this is where they're like trying to recapture the whole like Enrico Palazzo kind of thing. Yeah. Uh Where he's like impersonating someone. Yeah. And the whole time you see like the producers who who are like in the camera room, like that's one of my favorite jokes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we're uh, here to prevent a disaster. Yeah. You're too late. (laughs) And like, you know, one of the things I thought was really funny about this is you, you talked about, um, there's a whole musical number with Pia Zadora. I yeah. Think. Um, and she comes out and Poor like thing. Frank, uh, Frank Drebin goes out as one of the dancers. <laughs> and I thought this is so funny. Cause it's just like, it's just Leslie Nielsen, like reacting to everything. And he's an old guy. Right. Yeah, so he's, he's so just old. like flailing his arms. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And he's, and he's like offbeat and everything. And he's just like, he's like running up the stairs and jumping like really awkwardly. And you could tell that it was like, just him doing it, I yeah. think. And it just, like, that was, like, a visual thing that looked really It was really, really funny. funny. It where was he's really just, like, funny. trying to blend in so hard. Yeah. But everyone's watching it like, what the fuck? Well, no, I think that that gets into, like, one of the biggest shames of this movie and why it's disappointing uh, and, and why it's ultimately bad. Uh, because Leslie Nielsen is still 
giving it 100%. Everybody in this movie is still just going for the jokes. And the direction and the jokes, the actual jokes on paper are just not there. They're executing them as well as they've always executed them. Like, yeah. Leslie Nielsen's old as fuck in this movie. <laughs> and, like, and he's still just, he's just still killing it. Like, he's still yeah. going for it. And that's the biggest tragedy of it in that... the. The material's just not there. The material's yeah. not up to snuff. It's it's just not yeah. clever. So we're kind of like at the point of the one scene that I really disliked the most. And I get it. Like, you know, back then, like, this was literally like the height of the AIDS crisis. Like, I looked it up. In 1994, more people died than any other year from AIDS. And so I get it that the gay jokes maybe are a little bit more like, eh, you know, like they're more weirded out by it or whatever. But... And the trans people are not even a thing yet. You know, like, that's not even barely on the radar of society. But eventually it gets to this point where Anna Nicole decides to seduce Frank Drebin or whatever it is. And she, like, takes her dress off. And you see it, like, as a shadow behind, like, a kind of, you know, mm. shadowy curtain or whatever. And then when it gets down to the, you know, it falls where her underwear is, like, a dick pops out. And he... <laughs> gets so grossed out that he like starts running out of the room and like puking everywhere yeah. where it's like okay like he's uncontrollably puking he pukes in a tuba then he pukes somewhere so, else so i agree with everything that you're saying i agree that ace ventura had a more subtle oh, yeah. transvestite joke than this movie I that. and that says something yeah yeah but but this does lead to james earl jones Saying, I believe that is Phil Donahue vomiting into the tube. <laughs> Which yeah, is enough, objectively enough. funny. <laughs> That's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. That's but true. I just thought the puking was, like, not... If he had just been like, oh, my God, you know, like, that would have been fine. Obviously, right. that's a surprise on Anna Nicole's well, body. And but yeah. like... Ace Ventura does the puking thing, too. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah it but... was, I, I believe that there was... I, I totally agree. It was just kind of yeah. like, oh... Yeah, I was not expecting that joke. I was like, like that's was like, not mm. okay. And even if she had had a dick and then he had just been like, well, that's not for me, or like just freaked out and ran away, okay. But then the uncontrollable puking like multiple times. Yeah, because like, someone just like mentions her again or something. Yeah, and, and he and starts he, like, acting like he's going to puke yeah. again just because somebody like sure. talked about her. It's like, come on. Like that was where it kind of lost me. Yeah. Because um, I was enjoying the Oscars part a lot. Um but again, but James yeah. Earl Jones. Yes, of course. James Earl Jones is a national <laughs> treasure. Um, uh, as are most of the people that cameoed in here. So Yeah, there's a few other things I love in these scenes. Uh, so we, we learned that the, uh, the bomb has been put in the best picture envelope. Yes. And he, they're like, you know, uh, Frank is on stage like trying to wrestle away the envelope from the presenters. And uh, someone's like, and the winner is... And he's like, it's the bomb. And then, like, the one movie that, like, Nordberg liked the most and was, yeah. like, the – it's called, like, Sawdust and Mildew Mildew, or something. Yeah. They, they, like, all these movies were critical successes except, except for one. For one. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's the bomb. That's the one that wins. And they stand up in the audience like, yeah, we won. <laughs> I also love that uh, when Drebin has to vamp for, t vamp for time because he has to oh, not yeah, open the best actress. That's envelope. when he's pretending to be Phil Donahue. Yeah. yeah. Um, he just starts like making these sanctimonious speeches about like <laughs> causes that make no sense. Or he's just like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tuna and cat food. And then I start thinking about the porpoises in the zoo. And I say, we just cut up all those porpoises, <laughs> yeah. put them in the cat food, then there's more tuna for the hungry. And, they're like, and people are like, oh my okay. God. <laughs> uh, they also made fun of, I'm sorry, remind me, I think I know you know this, the, the, um, when the old guy comes out with the Native American woman and they're making uh -huh. fun of who was it that really did that in real life? Oh, I actually don't know. It's like Marlon Brando or something. I don't remember who. Oh was. yeah. Yeah. I, I believe There's... Brando did have a Native American woman come out. Yeah. Like, and everybody war. was like, what? Like, and it just came out of nowhere. Like it yeah. came out of left field completely. And nobody got it. But yeah. <sighs> who was it now? I'm now. I, I don't know. Yeah. My, don't... my movie nerd room is. I know is my, my, my gut is saying Brando, but then I'm like, does that make sense? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that know. makes sense. Anyways, sure. whatever. We'll, we'll tweet about it. <laughs> um, so do you want to child star check-in? Uh, one more thing. One okay. more thing for that scene. Like another, like another, like fucking, like dumb visual thing that made me laugh. Yeah. It's like so stupid. I think it was just so stupid that I laughed. Um, there's a scene where uh, the bad guy like 
grabs Jane as a hostage and rides oh, yeah. a rope up to the like the rafters. Uh-huh. And then uh, Frank also tries to get up there, but he gets caught like in his leg and he gets pulled up by his leg. And then in the background, you see him like trying to untangle his leg from the rope as he's like hanging. And it cuts back and forth between um, like the, 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 the producers in the room that are like, and they said I couldn't shoot a drama or something. Yeah. And then every time it cuts back to Frank Drebin, he's either A, trying to like get his leg <laughs> undone or he's like doing these crazy like rope tricks and it's just like the dumbest visual gag of him like swinging around it's like great. that but i just no, thought it was really it's fun. awesome but uh yeah let's get the child star check-in okay so there's a good handful of kids in this movie there's, there's a lot there's of really babies only two that i can really talk about um so I don't know. Did you guys already look up this one? Do you know it already? No. Oh, okay, good. Uh, okay, so one of them, uh, the fake... Oh, there's a part where um, somebody has a... I think it's Frank, has a dream. I thought Jane and I were going to you know, have a kid, and it would be oh, Frank yeah, Jr. Right. or whatever. So there's a little kid who has yeah. white hair and a big nose. Yeah. A prosthetic, clearly a prosthetic nose. Anyway, so this kid's name was um, is Adam Hassert. Hazert, mm-hmm. uh, and he is from Norco, California, and he has kind of jumped back and forth between being an audio tech at Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm over mm. the years. He's currently at Disney, and we have one mutual friend on Facebook. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang. So, yeah. Uh, if, I, if I had known this earlier, I could have tried to reach out, but... <laughs> Uh, be he, Leslie Nielsen. He went on to be in like two other movies and then put on the wig. Did not act more. Um, <laughs> Never so take the off the really, mask. really, really exciting one is that I know you guys said you didn't like the uh, geriatric park joke that is yeah. a spoof of Jurassic yeah. Park, but instead of a T Rex, it's like an old person. Yeah. Um, which, Heading to seizure land. Yes. <laughs> is what a sign says. But there. there's a scene where, you know, it shows the two kids in the Jeep against the window, just like in Jurassic Park, and yeah. they're screaming. And they kind of look like the actual kids, especially yeah. the girl, I thought. But the little boy is Taryn Killam from SNL. What? In his first <laughs> acting role ever. Dang. That's awesome. Now I need to rewatch that scene. Yeah. I didn't even notice. I That's fantastic. Caught it like. When the credits were going by, and it was like geriatric oh. park boy Taron Killam, I was like, "What? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me?" That's and then I crazy. looked it up, and it's actually his first role. That's awesome. Ever. That's well, so first uh, film or television credit. Maybe he right. had done commercials or something, but this was his first entry on IMDb. That's really funny. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. His Husband to Colby Smulders. <laughs> oh really? That's yeah. I can't yeah. believe that. Um. Hey, he was in uh, Twelve Years a Slave, so he's very dramatic now too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's the a serious uh, dramatic actor. The Academy Awards scene ends in like the weirdest way. Like it does. Was Waldo like a super yeah. huge thing at, at this moment in time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. I, I can read those. I can. I can tell you for me, for me as yes. a seven-year-old <laughs> yeah. boy. Yes, I was like, I was just looking it up now, and like the first book was out in 1987, but there was where uh, Where's Waldo in Hollywood or whatever? Yeah, which came out in 1993. Which which. My uncle, who did not understand me, gave that to me. <laughs> I was just like, it was just really weird. It comes back to the audience, and there's a guy weirdly dressed as Waldo. And yeah. You're like, mm, okay. I mean, I was like, oh, Waldo. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like... There he is. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought that that was a joke. Yeah. I mean, obviously it was a joke, but I was just like, it was. It's you felt, didn't know no, if it was no, like, no, no, yeah, it felt weird. No, or I, not. I didn't yeah. think that you didn't think it was a joke. Why is there a random guy? The way I was saying it was like, that's a joke. That's a joke. Wow. Great job. Writers, low cash. So there's more. Uh, it's a low cash joke. <laughs> That's the one thing you. We've write. got yeah. more crazy credits. There were so many I didn't even write them all down. But we've got like you know Chief Sitting Bull and uh, you know Sound Mixer and then like Frat Mixer this Thursday night. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, like Colin her to the stars. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. apparently Marlon Brando was cut out of a scene. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> maybe that was the joke. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was Marlon Brando. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or there's like a, you know, this grip, that grip, uh, kung fu grip, GI <laughs> yeah. Joe, like, yeah. uh, yeah, and then was there funny. was, um, you know, makeup editor, something makeup, too much makeup, Tammy Faye Baker. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, oh man, like, so those were the ones that I liked of the crazy credits. But yeah. I would say the crazy credits have been very consistent, and the thing that I enjoyed about all these. And movies. I think that that's the thing that's interesting about these three movies, and that, that there's a there's definitely a thread that ties them all together. They're definitely the most cohesive 
trilogy that maybe we've ever ever maybe done. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Because they're they're iterations. They're they're almost episodic, and I feel like that the downfall of this one is it's almost going back to the same well. I mean, there's that the cigarette joke. I think we talked about in the first episode is something yep. that they did on the police squad yeah. tv show each movie borrows stuff from the tv show yeah, yeah. and so it's kind of like but nobody watched the tv show. but nobody though. watched the tv show but <laughs> it's it's they're just they're recycling those jokes almost yeah, at yeah. that point and their, their their type of humor kind of never evolved with the times and so some of the things that feel a little bit outdated or a little bit insensitive here i feel like are coming from you know, it, it's not 1994. It's like, I, you know, I, it's some of the stuff's kind of unforgivable at that point. Uh, and I, I kind of feel like that it's just stretching that common thread a little bit too thin uh, yeah. across all movies. That being said, it is the most cohesive. It is the most having the same actors, the same characters, yeah. the same comedic voice. It just kind of ran out of steam in this one. Yeah, There's a couple of things I think they could have tried to do to save it or make it better as they went along. And I know, you know, everybody makes fun of Fast and Furious for doing this, for going to a different place and upping the stakes every <laughs> yeah. time. But there's something to be said for it. Like, I know that they went to Washington that second time, but then you come back to L.A. again. Mm. It's kind of like, eh. I, and I get that they introduced the Oscars and all that. And obviously I like that yeah. on a personal level. But if they had maybe gone somewhere else or like this time now he's like in the FBI or the CIA or, you know, the secret service or something, you know, like somehow the stakes are up. Another thing is that I didn't, I don't think the second and third should have been like, they shouldn't have continued this back and forth. Like, will they, or won't they with Jane and Frank? Like it would have been nice if, and at least one of these movies, they had just been together and been like a solid couple. Mm-hmm. I think there's like a few kind of flashes of it in the whole Oscar thing where they're actually like working together yeah, and yeah. going around. And I was like, this is cool. Like, why couldn't they have like, she's clearly a smart woman. You know, right. why couldn't they have worked together at some points instead of always having her be like this drag on him? It would have been cool to see them as like a team instead yeah. of, uh, yeah. Instead like of a bringing back in situation, yeah, instead of bringing back in Nordberg and yeah. and Ed, who also seemed like they were asleep through half this movie, yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, those are the two things I think, like just off the bat, could have possibly improved two or three. Yeah. So, so yeah, overall, uh, do you guys both think that it's like a one, two, three situation as far as ranking these movies? For me, yeah, I'm gonna go one, two, yeah, three. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, one is like an all time classic for me. Yes. Uh, and then two, I uh, hadn't seen in a while, and I thought it su- held up surprisingly well. And then this one was like a pretty steep decline for me. Before we, yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, before we get our two reviews of the entire series, how many envelopes oh, yeah, rigged sorry. to explode would you give Naked Gun 33 and a third, the final insult? Me? Um, I decided to give it three envelopes rigged to explode because. Honestly, at the start of this movie, I was like, wow, this is bad. <laughs> and it did get better for me, uh, so I didn't give it like crazy low score uh, for me. I know some people are like, whoa, three, what the fuck? Um, but uh, there's some redeeming qualities, but overall, I would I would almost be like, just only watch the first two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll say four uh, exploding envelopes that say La La Land inside. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> Gotta get in my La La so Land digs. Damn, it's not even a musical. <laughs> um, but I, I, it's just, yeah, this movie, it comes really close to me liking it better than the second one just because of the entertainment movie industry stuff is just so much more funnier to me than the the oil and the energy things were and the politics were, ni- 90s politics, you know, right. that I don't barely remember. Um, but I think overall, just, yeah, like you said, it's just clearly not as good. And I didn't like, of course, like I already mentioned, the like kind of offensive jokes that it's starting to right verge into with this last one so i'll still say one two three is my order i i think i was gonna come out as a three but as i was we talked about it and the more that i listened to it i think i'm gonna go to one because it almost makes the other movies worse retroactively because Mm, it kind of shows that they weren't thinking that it it makes it like it it lays all the cards on the table where they weren't as clever as you could maybe give them credit for in the first one um and or you know there's a lot of other reasons for that but like it almost in retrospect makes some of the other movies less enjoyable and for that i hate it 
I do wonder. I do wonder if uh, you know we watch these like back to back. Yeah, uh, and you can like the the uh, drop in quality is readily apparent watching it uh, in that uh, fashion. But I would be curious, you know, if I was young or uh, not younger. Sorry, if I was older and was seeing them in theaters at that time, and I had watched the first one and then the second one, and then like three years later, the third one comes out. If I would notice immediately, like. Uh, oh, this is clearly worse than the last one. Or if I would yeah. just be like more excited, like, oh, there's yeah, another movie. Yeah, if you saw these as they were coming out and you're older than us, please write in and let us know what you think. Because, I mean, it's, I a, mean, different pers- I, it's a different perspective. <laughs> I think that's absolutely true. But then you also look at TV shows that have had, like, similar formulas. Like, I, I've, I've talked about 30 Rock. I've talked about, mm-hmm. but I mean, even to a lesser extent, The Office and yeah. Parks and Rec that, that kind of have this kind of zany hybrid. And, like, they have made out, like, three times as much, four times as much as, yeah. as these movies. And we're able to keep it fresh and keep it like, and granted well, that's their goal. I, yeah. I totally understand what you're saying. Uh, and, and I agree, but that if, if, if it's your voice and it's your movie, you know, if you're and you're making it, you have to have the, I'm going to say artistic integrity <laughs> to, to, to not, <laughs> to, to know what you, what you made and, and make something better than that yeah you know? i mean but it, but i do see your point it is like i it, you know watching the movie it's like you can tell they really tried in some scenes and then in other yeah. scenes you're, you you get the feeling that they're like uh well we wrote that joke we couldn't think of anything better We're, let's just go with the first joke yeah well, another thing too is like when you've got a new writer coming in halfway through the series and now you've got this new director for the third film you don't want to like you know, be completely restraining them either. Like you have to take some chances on certain things mm-hmm. that they want to do. You know, right. it's, it's almost like the same thing with Benji. Like we said, like he can't do Brandon camp. Can't do everything exactly the same as his dad or, you know, like what's the point? Right. <laughs> yeah. popping, you know, he's got to do a few things that are outside of the typical formula. Right. So, yeah, well, uh, everyone agree on the, uh, one, two, three yeah, franchise ranking. Absolutely. Um, I mean, because, yeah, I think that's going to bring us to the end of uh, the Naked Gun franchise. Yeah, and I know we talked about this a little bit in a past episode about how there was a lot of talk about a possible reboot or yeah. sequel to this movie that would have um, Ed Helms. It say? was originally yeah. supposed to be Ed Helms. Ed yeah. Helms, and I don't, I don't, I haven't heard anything since they said that they were giving up, basically. So yeah. I don't I know, s- if, some, if someone were to try to do it, would you guys be interested in seeing either a naked gun reboot or naked gun 44 and a fourth or whatever. I love straight up parody. I love if it's, if it's clever and if it's biting and you know, if you get the right writer's room together, I don't care. I don't need to see a remake of naked gun. If I I will recognize that comedy style anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you just give me a, pure joke machine of a movie whereas the main goal is to pack as many jokes into every frame mm-hmm. i always want to see that movie yeah every time yeah, i would i would be down for that i don't know um i mean i think we can kind of look at the ed helms uh you know he started vacation, vacation and yeah. that movie was not very good so i feel like it would kind of be that kind of situation yeah um i, I guess it depends I would go see it if they, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's really hard. It's total spectacle. Here's the thing that like, and and, like, I just, as you said, I I was thinking about why it kind of seems tired is that police squad, when it came out as a TV show was such an of the time parody of the popular culture. It shows they're on TV and yeah. and, and, And everything that was happening. And so to do it now kind of misses the point and the spirit of what those right. are. Mm-hmm. And so it's something like Bajillion Dollar Properties or, or Hunk of Burning Love or like yeah. those like those reality show parodies are the things that are carrying that torch. It's it's TV yeah, stuff. We, I mean, so, we already – and like doc, I think you mentioned Documentary Now. Like documentary Now, kinda, yes. We already kind of talked about this, how like it's hard to parody something now when everyone's yeah. watching different stuff and there's not like a yep. – But I would say that since – you know, they are um, parroting the police procedurals of the 60s and 70s. And since then, though, I mean, procedurals are still the biggest thing in yeah. TV. Like, you've got, on CBS or, you know, you got all your law and orders. And 
and your NCISs and all of these things. And so I think a lot of things have happened that it would be funny to see parodied. Yes. Um, so there's plenty of material out there. But then again, there's also like TV shows that are already doing it. I haven't actually seen these shows, but Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine and uh, what's the one with Rashida Jones? Like that's another police oh, what one. what is that called? Something. Oh, like, it's, something Tribeca. Tribeca. Angie, Angie yeah. Tribeca. Yeah, yeah. Tribeca. I was like, yeah. someone crazy name. Yeah. <laughs> so like there's TV shows that are already kind of doing it. So it's kind of like, uh, I don't know. They'd really have to get a good hook to do a movie. But yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be going for, if they remade it now, I won't be going for for Naked Gun necessarily. It's it's that it's the Zucker Brothers type of comedy, which set off a whole generation of comedy writers. Yeah. Um, and it, I would love to see it updated. I'd love to see those things, but it wouldn't have to be called the Naked Gun. I would recognize it anywhere. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. That's going to be the end of the Naked Gun series. So Indeed. fast. Thanks, so everybody, fast. for listening. Uh, thanks to Dr. Ken Dye for being a guest on our first Naked Gun episode. Yeah. Go back and listen to that. And uh, stay tuned here to find out what we're going to be doing next. But in the meantime, Eliz, where can people get in touch with us? Please email us your suggestions for future franchises and uh, anything else, your thoughts on Naked Gun or any other movies we've done, sequelrights at gmail.com. And uh, our website is sequelrights.com. And we're on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at sequelrights. And Tyler, where can everyone tell us how much they love us? You can tell us how much you love us. By sending us gold cougarons in the mail. <gasps> yes. They're, and insure them. Make sure you insure them. But barring that, uh, go on to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Uh, leave us a little message. Talk a little shit or tell us how much you love us. Uh, we appreciate the stars. And we appreciate you guys, all our new listeners. And we will see you guys in the next franchise. And next week, we are going to be starting... Something that a lot of people have been asking about. Oh, we're revealing this now. Oh my god, I'm yeah. so excited. I'm so yeah, excited. Man, where have you been? We're gonna I've be been doing... under I've been underground. You've been under well, that's a bad place to be because <laughs> we're gonna talk about the Tremors <laughs> franchise. <laughs> There's a brand new Tremors movie coming out on May first, so we're gonna celebrate that by going through each and every sequel. I am so excited. So many people have been asking about it and I think I've only seen the first one. So Yeah, I've also only seen the first one. So and there's I've fun. only seen the fifth, fifth one. one. <laughs> oh, obviously. I mean if you're gonna watch one, watch it's number Tremors, five. Tremors five. It was an unfortunate Netflix night well, with my friend. Well we'll get there and we'll talk about it. Yeah, so uh, we'll see you guys next week, and we uh, try to be as quiet as possible as we talk about tremors. 